1: I want you to imagine that me and Mandy have invited you over for for dinner at our house. And so there's a dinner party, maybe you will bring a friend with you or a spouse, and you show up at our house, and when you get to our house, there's other people there from church, people that you recognize, people that we're all friends with, and we sit down to have this really nice dinner at our table, and we pray for the food, and then right before you take the first bite, I say, hey guys. I just want you to know that someone at this table is trying to kill me. And then Mandy serves the appetizer. How would it feel to eat that meal? What would that do to your stomach? What would that do to your heart? And then maybe later on the meal, Mandy says, Dan, Dan, no one's going to kill you. We will protect you. And I say, Mandy before your alarm clock goes off tomorrow morning, you are going to deny three times you've ever met me. Like, three people are going to say, hey, Mandy, you know that Dan guy? And she's going to be like, hmm, doesn't ring a bell. How would you feel eating that meal? What would that do to your heart rate? What would that do to your pulse? I believe that this is the panic that is happening in John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, the Last Supper has begun, and Jesus has already shared with them some very disconcerting information. He has already called out Judas as his betrayer. Judas has pushed his chair back from the table, and he has walked out into the night. If I was sitting at that meal, I would feel very stressed. I believe that there are two types of stressed people in the world. There are those who cannot eat when they are stressed, and there are those who can only eat when they are stressed. I would like to think that the disciples were like a fair mix of the two, right? So some guys haven't eaten a bite, and there are other guys who are stuffing their face with bread, eating the pain and anxiety down. And in this room, it would be a very uncomfortable place to be. These disciples feel unsafe. They know that they are in physical danger. They know that Jesus is in physical danger. And these disciples feel uncertain, Jesus keeps saying it. He's already said it several times in chapter 13. I'm going away, and you can't come with me. They don't know where he's going, and they don't know why they can't go with him. I'm so thankful that Jesus has empathy for our stress. That when we feel unsafe, when we feel uncertain, Jesus has empathy. Jesus was absolutely aware of what his disciples were feeling as they went through this meal together. And so at the beginning of John chapter 14, Jesus speaks directly to their anxiety. Can we read together the first verse of John chapter 14? The word of God says, Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. And trust also in me. Let's pray as we start into the word of God this evening. Father, we love you. We thank you that you see us. We thank you that you have empathy for our anxiety and our stress. That when we are in a place of panic, that you make a path towards us and that you lead us out. I pray, Lord, that as we spend time in your word tonight, that you would shape us, mold us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit be working in this room to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So tonight, we are continuing our seven-week journey through the Apostle John's account of the Last Supper. So the Last Supper, the last meal that Jesus has before he's crucified, this meal occurs in all four of the Gospels, but in the Gospel of John, we get the most detail. It's because John takes the most time to tell this story. It starts off in John chapter 13, and by the time we get to Easter, we're going to get all the way to John chapter 13. 17, but we're going to be tonight in John chapter 14 as Jesus speaks directly to his disciples' anxieties. Jesus says, Let your hearts not be troubled. There is currently a one and a half year old hamster that lives at my house. Her name is Sarah, with an H, like the mother of Israel, and she is a very excitable creature. So uh, I had never owned a hamster before. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, A lot of times, she mostly lives in her cage. Otherwise, she lives in her little travel ball, which she can roam around the house freely, assuming that the door to the basement staircase is closed. Don't worry. This is not a story about her falling down the stairs. She's fine. We do good. Uh, But if you were to observe Sarah for about 60 seconds, you probably would assume, which I which is what my first assumption is, is that she was in the middle of a full-blown panic attack because she moves so quickly. She is always running. She is always frantic. It's from here to there. She's always stuffing her cheeks with food as if it was her last meal on earth. If you would imagine the energy level of a mother of the bride with five daughters getting married in the same week, it's that kind of energy that she has all of the time. And if you were not a hamster, which none of us are, that would be a very difficult place to live at. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of anxiety. And Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Now think about this. So if Jesus teaches all of us that we have the ability to not let our hearts be troubled, then I would say that it is reasonable to believe that we also have the ability to let our hearts be troubled. There are things that you could do, that we do, to allow our hearts to be troubled, to open the door to stress, to fear, to anxiety, to despair. For example, if you are someone who has a fear of driving, would it be helpful or unhelpful for you to watch seven hours of car crash videos on YouTube? Right, so there there are things that you could do to let your heart be troubled. If you are someone who is very worried about your retirement, would it be helpful or unhelpful for you to check the stock market every three hours? It would be unhelpful. Jesus says, when you walk into a stressful situation, you have two choices. You could let your heart be troubled, but I want to challenge you, push you, command you to let not your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. In John chapter 14, Jesus is going to walk us down this path. The disciples are facing real danger, real pain, real fear. They feel unsafe and they feel uncertain. And Jesus is going to teach them how to not let their hearts be troubled. I believe that Jesus wants to teach you. I believe that Jesus wants to teach me how to not let our hearts be troubled. The first principle looks like this. In order to feel safe and secure, you need to know who you are following. Jesus says, trust in God and trust also in me. You could also translate this verse to say, you already trust in God, you should also trust in me. Throughout this conversation, Jesus is going to affirm who he is by affirming his relationship to his father. The way that you are going to know who I am is because you're going to know who I'm connected to. How I relate to my Father is how you are going to know who I am. Let's read about this in verse 6 and 7. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You know, the disciples really Struggled with this. This room has 11 Jewish men who are very familiar with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they're still struggling to understand the relationship between Jesus and the creator of the universe. Jesus says, If you don't know who you are following, you will not feel safe or certain. If I'm going to teach you how to not let your heart be troubled, you need to know who you are following. If we walk out into this life and we feel anxiety, I believe it is because we don't know who we are following. And Jesus says, let me tell you who you are following. Philip, one of the disciples, asked Jesus to show them the Father. Let's read how how Jesus responds in verses 9 to 11. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Jesus says, I want you to believe in your heart that the Father and the Son are one. I I want you from your heart to take that leap, that you will know me and know the Father. Jesus says there is only one way to get to the Father, and that is through me. And I want to ask you to make that push in your heart, that when you feel anxiety, when you feel stress, when you feel unsafe and uncertain, I want you to make that leap from your heart and believe that the Father and the Son are one. But then Jesus gives a backup plan. I'm really thankful for backup plans because he says, I understand that there will be times that are so challenging, that are so difficult that your heart can't do that. And when your heart can't believe that the Father and the Son are one, I want you to believe by what you see. I want you to look around and see what God has done and allow what you see to fuel your belief. These disciples had been with Jesus for three years. They had seen Jesus feed the 5,000. They had seen the lame walk. They had seen the blind have restored vision. And Jesus says, when you are in that season of doubt, when you are facing fear and anxiety, when the times get so tough, I want you to look around. I believe that every one of us in the room have seen the good work of Jesus Christ. I think in our lives, in the lives of the ones that we love, in the lives of our church family, we have seen his good work. Has Jesus been a healer? Has Jesus been a reconciler and a restorer? Has he been good? And when you are in a tough season, a thick season, where you might struggle to figure out who you are following, Jesus says, look around and see how good I've been and understand that the Father and the Son are one. When you look around and see what Jesus has done in your life and the lives of the people in our church community, you will know who you are following. Jesus is not just a prophet. He is not just a priest. Jesus is God. There's a beautiful song by a gospel artist named Fred Hammond, and he says it this way. He says, he is not just a man. He is God. He is not just a baby. He is king. He is not just the lamb, but the lion of Judah, savior and ruler of all. Jesus Christ is God. And it is so important that wherever you go, when you face fear and anxiety and stress, that you remember who you are following. The second principle is this. If In order to feel safe and secure, you need to know who you are following and you need to know where you are going. Having a lack of direction in your life can be a very anxiety-producing experience. Just in the last few weeks, I've had several conversations with high school seniors and with college seniors that are heading into their last semester trying to figure out what comes next. The high school seniors are thinking about, you know, college or trade school or jumping into a job. The college seniors are thinking about graduate programs or career interviews. And when they put all of the options in front of them, all the different directions that they could go, the list can be very, very long, and it can be very overwhelming. I think the truth is, is no matter what age or stage of life that you are in, all of us can find ourselves asking many questions about direction. And when we turn those questions to our Heavenly Father, we can have many questions about direction. Should I stay in this career field? Should I stay in this relationship? Should I stay in this city or state or country? If you do not know where you are going, your heart will be troubled. You will not feel safe. You will not feel certain. As Jesus tries to teach his disciples how to not let their heart be troubled, he wants to make sure that every believer knows where they are going. If you feel lost in your direction tonight, Jesus wants to make sure that you know where are. You're going. Let's read verses 2 and 3 of John chapter 14. Jesus says, There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be where I am. Every believer is on a path that leads to an eternity with Christ. Um, I have Google Maps, I love Google Maps, and uh, I specifically love the Along the Route feature. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but it's where you can choose a destination. I can say, I'm going to Chicago, but I can search along the route for a Starbucks. And then it will tell me, oh, well, you can add this Starbucks to your journey, and it'll add you know five minutes to your trip or a nine-minute detour to add this along your route. What I love about it is it does not delete my final destination. So I am still going to Chicago, but I am stopping at a Starbucks along the way. There are a lot of great stops along the way in this life. There are also some very painful and challenging stops along the way in this life, do not forget where you are going. If you start thinking that your dream job is your final destination, you are going to feel troubled. If you start thinking that dating or marriage or childbirth is the final destination, your heart will be troubled. If you start thinking that retirement is the final destination, your heart will will be troubled. The Bible teaches us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When Jesus resurrects Lazarus from the grave, Jesus tells Lazarus' sister Martha, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Dying is not the final destination. Dying is a stop along the way. If you feel unsafe and uncertain about the direction of your life tonight, your career, your relationships, your family, your money, your children, your house, I want to remind you that there is eternity with Christ, and everything else is just a stop along the way. There is our home with Him. There is our eternity with him. And everything else is just a stop along the way. You need to know who you are following, and you need to know where you're going. The the final principle looks like this. In order to feel safe and secure, you need to know who you are following, you need to know where you are going, and you need to know who is walking with you. Jesus is very clear. He is going to go ahead of us, and we can't come with him. Yes, you know, the first destination is to be with Christ. The final destination is to be with Christ forever, but forever has not started yet. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross, and he was buried into a tomb, and three days later, he rose from the grave victorious. Forty days after that, Jesus ascends into heaven, and the Bible tells us that Jesus is waiting at the right hand of the Father But he's not here. Jesus is not in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, the way that he used to be in Jerusalem, Israel. He is not able to interact with you now in the way that he was able to interact with the disciples to share a meal together. This is the reason that we share in communion, to remember him until we get to have a meal with him in person again. We cannot, it's not the same. Jesus is not here He is at the right hand of the Father. Let's let's read this promise that Jesus gives to help us in this time. If we're going to be with Christ for with Christ forever, what are we supposed to do until forever begins? John 14, 15 through 17 says, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be with you Jesus has already described the relationship between the God the Father and God the Son and now he is showing us the relationship between the Father the Son And the Spirit, God the Father, is on the throne. Jesus is at his right hand. And the Spirit dwells in the heart of every believer. If you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, if you have surrendered your life, if you have surrendered control to Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. He has sent someone to walk with you. I want to challenge everyone to do something uh, the next time that you are completely alone, so that might be in the car ride on the way home Maybe you have a large family and it's gonna mean you have to like go hide in your basement to be alone at some point But the next time that you are completely alone and no one can hear you. I want to challenge you to say these words and Say I am not alone and don't think it. I want you to actually say it out loud I want you to say it loudly and confess that reality over your life and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal and reaffirm His presence in your life. There is no greater gift than the gift of walking through the challenges that I'm going through, that you're going through, with the complete knowledge that the Holy Spirit will always be with you. The Bible says here in John 14, He'll be with us now and later. The Holy Spirit will be our guide through this life and into the life that is to come. He will not leave you. He will always be with you. If you want to learn how to not let your heart be troubled, you need to know who is walking with you. And if you have surrendered your life to Christ, surrendered your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit is with you. I had a, a very special privilege this Monday, two days ago. I had lunch with my grandmother at her house in Fort Myers, Florida. We had deli sandwiches and strawberry angel food cake. It was delicious. Uh, My grandfather passed away seven years ago. So it's, it's it's been quite a bit of time since my grandfather passed away. But the last time that I saw my grandfather was at their house in Fort Myers, Florida. And it was seven years ago, at Christmas time, it had reached the point in his health where he knew, we knew that the end of his time here on this earth was coming to a close. And so it was Christmas, we were all there. We have a huge family. My dad is the oldest of five children, so there's them and their spouses. There are 16 of us grandchildren and our spouses, and there's currently 25 great-grandchildren. It's a lot of people in the house. And so... Grandpa had some things that he wanted to say. His body wasn't strong enough to speak for a long time. And so at the end of the evening, we all kind of settled down, got the kids quiet, so that Grandpa could say what he wanted to say before he crossed over into heaven. I, I, I read somewhere that uh, the highest goal of parenting is to create children who can thrive in a world where their parents are no longer living. Um, it's always kind of a cute thing when a mom of a 14-year-old girl is like, ah, we're best friends, right? But it's not a great plan because in in the natural order of things, you will die before your child dies, and when you die, your child will need a best friend. So you need to teach your child how to not need you. And I think that was the conversation grandpa was ready to have with us that night. I think that's the conversation that Jesus is having having in John chapter 14. I think he says, I've been with you for three years. I've been able to help you to let not your heart be troubled, but we've reached the edge here. And there is going to come a time when I'm not going to be here with you. There's going to come a time when I can't do this for you. And it is really critical that I know that you know how to not let your heart be troubled. That when you inevitably face anxiety and stress, when you feel unsafe, when you feel uncertain, that you know how to not let your heart be troubled. It's so important that you know who you're following, that you know where you're going, and you know who is walking with you. Once we all sat down that night seven years ago in December, um, My grandfather had all of the attention in the room, and he just simply said, "Um, it's all true. Jesus is exactly who he said he was. Heaven is real. Salvation is real. And if you live your life fully dedicated to Christ, there are no regrets. You simply have all of the joy that is behind you and all of the joy that is ahead. And now I am living life in a world where my grandpa is not, and we are all living our lives in a world where Jesus is not. But I know who I'm following, I know where I'm going, and I know who is walking with me, and I will not let my heart be troubled. I want the Holy Spirit to push in your heart tonight. The truth is when Jesus speaks these words, he does not speak them as a light suggestion. Jesus speaks them as a command. He speaks them as a push. He he speaks them as a wake-up call. You do have a choice. You can choose to let your heart be troubled, or you can learn through his word and through his teaching how to not let your heart be troubled. I want to read the last five verses of John chapter 14 as we close tonight. And as we do, I want to let these words rest on you as a prayer. I believe that as we've been talking tonight, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and that through his word, he can take some things that are out of alignment and put them into alignment. And as we read his words, that he can allow peace to rest into anxious places. Let's read these verses together. I'm leaving you, with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you that you are here with us tonight. We thank you that your work is good. And I pray that in seasons of discouragement that you would challenge us to look around and see your good works. I pray for every person in this room who has the question tonight of who they are following. And I pray that you would rise up their faith. I pray that you would help us To see you and to know who you are and to trust in your power and the authority that you have in our lives. I pray for every person in this room who feels directionless. I pray that you would be a compass to us. Remind us of the destination that every believer has in you. Help us to see the good days and the bad days simply as a stop along the way on our path towards an eternity with you. I pray for everyone in the room who feels alone. I pray that you would cast out the lie of that feeling with the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. That you would remind us and affirm us tonight that we are not alone and that the Holy Spirit dwells in every believer who will comfort and guide and show compassion and bring wisdom and strength to our path. We need you. We call upon your name. I thank you for this night. I thank you for the good work that you are doing. And I pray that as we leave this place, I pray that your spirit would walk with us. I pray that you would teach us to walk tall as your sons and daughters. I pray that you would teach us to walk as a called people to do the work that you've called us to. We love you. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus we ask.
0: Amen. Thank you so much for being with us for the Life Together podcast. It's even better when we get to see you in person. You are invited to join us on Wednesday evenings here at Oak Creek Assembly of God. We are a church that exists to reach our world for Christ as we lead people to discover and become who God has created them to be. Find us online at oakcreekag.org.